one day I was sitting in my cell meditating, doing the I love you practice. He barges into my cell, slaps me as hard as he can, just storms right across, no word spoken, just slaps me as hard as he can across the face. I get down into a meditative type of pose and I put my hands up and I say, I don't want to fight. The next thing, he's jumping down on top of me, choking me out, his hands around my throat, and I black out. This is uh, Sean Ireton with the New Inspiration Extraordinary Gentleman podcast. Uh, I'm super excited to have my good friend here, Chris Wise, and... Um, I actually met you, Chris, um, a while ago at a networking yeah. event for a mutual yep. friend of ours. Um, it was actually a breakfast meeting, and I started a conversation with you about your style. I very, yeah. I remember this very vividly. Um, <laughs> I think you were wearing a white dress shirt, a couple buttons taken down. You were wearing a pair of jeans and maybe a pair of sneakers. And we got to talking about your stylist and how she helped you out. And yeah. I know I gave you a couple of tips here and there, but um, really, really cool first conversation with you. And I really enjoyed it. We stayed in touch ever since. Yeah. Um, ran into each other um, with a couple of other networking events from the same mutual friend. Um, but what I want to get into right now is your origin story. So I'm going to briefly go over that with you. Um, oh. and then you can jump into it and explain a little bit further. So Chris, uh, you worked on a business deal and loan a few years back. Um, some things kind of went wrong Fine. there and, um, some things kind of went downhill, took a, a wrong turn and landed you in federal prison. Um, yeah, yeah which I'm sure was not fun. Um, and, uh, and then, you know, you ran into some, some pretty tough guys. Um, some yeah. things were, were pretty rough for you. I think you, you went through some very, very difficult stuff. Um, yes. you know, like a white supremacist and all this kind of stuff. Really, really yeah. crazy story, actually, everybody. Um, and he'll get into it in a minute, but, um, after prison, Chris kind of transitioned out of that, and um, you actually started getting into business consulting, helping companies scale and, and grow their businesses and uh, becoming the greatness that they are. Um, and then I wanted to tell everybody that I'm actually a member of uh, Chris's group called the Evolved Alpha Male. Yeah. And this, yeah. is, this is something that's super, super exciting. And... Um, I'll actually let Chris take the floor from here. So Chris, go ahead and uh, kind of expand on your origin story a little bit and then yeah. talk about EAM. I've got some follow-up questions for you. So we'll start there. Cool. Yeah, sounds good. Yeah, so prior to all this happening, I didn't know, you know, when, when prison happened, when all this arrest happened, I didn't know. It was kind of just, uh, I was, at the time, I was living in Puerto Vallarta, Mexico. I had built uh, at the, I was running three in great companies, two consulting firms and, and one uh, company where, where you're helping businesses get funding. And I had just created an amazing life. Um, my whole life I had just been you know action taker, driven, successful, and had built a massive life of freedom. And so traveling the world, beautiful Colombian girlfriend, um, you know, life down to two suitcases. So I didn't have a freedom from stuff and location independent. 
uh, and, and really just having, you know, the, the life of my dreams. And so we were flying in from Puerto Vallarta, Mexico into Los Angeles. And the, as the plane's landing and taxiing on the tarmac, all of a sudden over the loudspeaker I hear, uh, the plane comes to a stop and, and I hear, hold on everybody, customs needs to come on board. And I'm on my phone typing, so excited to be back in the United States. You know, can't wait to go to the melting pot tonight. It's my favorite restaurant. Yeah. And I look up and this, this big black guy goes, Christopher Wise? And I'm like, yeah. He goes, you're under arrest. And so he stands me up, handcuffs me, and walks me off the plane. And I'm just like, what is going on? Everybody's looking at me like I'm a terrorist. And I'm in my mind, I'm like, why am I being arrested? Why is this happening? And so this opened up a, uh, this whole journey of me uh, and this whole prison experience. And I, you know, so kind of to make a, a long story, just kind of give you the, the hyper version of it, uh, I wasn't able to get bail. Um, so I found out I was being charged with conspiracy for bank fraud because I had hired this company a few years before to help me get a loan. And as I was going through the loan process, I learned that they were doing some shady things. And I continued on with them helping me get the loan and that's where I was at fault. And so I didn't have the uh, money to, um, I, I wasn't able to get bail. Uh, so I was stuck in prison because uh, I'd been traveling internationally and uh, didn't have any ties in Los Angeles. And I didn't have the hundred grand to hire a real attorney to fight the case. And so I found myself stuck in prison. And the first night that I was in there, it's like I knew that, that what was, was going to be a catal the catalyst for freedom that I had been waiting for that I actually couldn't get access to on my own. Because my whole life has been about freedom. How can I have freedom in every area of my life? And as I went through this whole 19-month journey, in prison when I realized that the thing that I wasn't free from, that I actually got free from through this whole journey, was really freedom from the identity that was being, had been created from all this success and accomplishment and who I thought I was. And so I had bought into this whole philosophy that I had created in an amazing life. You know, I controlled my thinking, I was in control of my emotions so I could be in control of my actions, following a plan, to create the life of my dreams and I had created an amazing life. But within that, the other area that I wasn't free in is I wasn't fully free to feel. Whenever I had a negative emotion, I would uh, either escape because I didn't feel safe enough to feel it or I would avoid it or I would state change into a powerful state so I could stay in a positive so I could continue to take powerful action. And so in this, you know, 19 month journey that I had in prison, the opportunity for me was free from all of the distractions of life, free from all of the things that I thought that gave me meaning and value and that distracted me from, from the, really the work that I needed to do internally. And I had this uninterrupted period where I would actually, I spent two to four hours a day meditating and doing this I love you practice. Yeah. And through that journey and feeling through a lifetime of sadness, unfelt sadness, feeling through a lifetime of unfelt anger and upset and frustration and boredom and loneliness 
Because in the past, when I had those feelings, like I said, I would state change, or I'd be like, or if I was thinking negative thoughts, I'd be like, no, 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 let me think positive thoughts. And this whole internal prison of control that I had created for myself around this way of being came crumbling down. And one of the most powerful spaces that opened up out of this was a space where no matter what, no matter what I'm, whatever I'm thinking is perfectly okay. Yeah. Whatever I'm feeling is perfectly okay. Right. And that began the end of judgment. That began the process where judgment just no longer comes up for me or very infrequently now. But getting to a space where I, knew I ended the judgment against myself and my thoughts and my emotions opened up this whole new world where judgment came to an end. And that was just one of the many incredible realizations that came from through this, this 19 yeah. months. That's crazy. So what, with the, with the being in prison, tell me a little bit about the, um, the run in with like the, with the, um, white supremacist, like, like your yeah. interactions, Obviously, this is like I said. This is not fun. This is something that was very terrifying for you. But I'm I'm very curious, kind of what that experience was like with with dealing with these prisoners. Yeah, well, so so to set the stage for this, prison is a hyper masculine environment, mm -hmm. and the threat of violence is always present. I mean, you right. look at somebody wrong, you sit in the wrong place. You, I mean, it's just crazy the types of things that you know. Things will people will fight about, and in prison is also a place where you don't talk. You don't talk things through first. It's like you fight, and then maybe you'll then maybe you'll talk about it. Right. And so, and it also in prison, it's not okay to be vulnerable. It's not okay to show emotion because vulnerability is equated with weakness. And if you're viewed as weak, then you can be taken advantage of. Right. And so I, I didn't, to me, none of this made sense because the way I saw it is I'm a human being, you're a human being, we're both going through a difficult time, so I'm going to treat you with kindness and respect. And about, I had like six months left in my uh, sentence and this white supremacist came onto our floor and he had been in prison for 12 years. Uh, six foot two, 250 pound, all tatted up, part of the Aryan Brotherhood, just like a really mean motherfucker. Right. But well, also, let's 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 put this into context, though. How <laughs> how big are you, Chris? Like, how tall are you? How much uh, do you weigh compared to this guy? Yeah, so I'm five eight, and at the time I was about 160 pounds. Yeah, so that shit was just nuts for you. So. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure that yeah. was like crazy looking up to this guy and feeling like all he could do is sit on you and then you die. Like that's yeah. crazy. Yeah. So, you know, um, and this guy hated me. Yeah. Uh, his name was doc and he hated me because I was nice and kind to the other races. And he also hated me cause I wouldn't buy into his bullshit. Right. I wouldn't buy into his rhetoric like all the other whites did. Mm-hmm. And he, so he couldn't influence me. He couldn't control me, like, because he was all about control. Like, you know, we'll, maybe we we'll, we'll, might get into talking about the old masculine paradigm and the new masculine paradigm. And he was the epitome of the old masculine paradigm. Yeah. And we're needing to control everything. And control, because, you know, if you're in control, then you can feel safe. 
needing to feel safe because there's all these un unsafe feelings that are coming up. So you use control to because of how unsafe you actually feel. Right. And so one day I was sitting in my cell meditating, doing the I love you practice. He barges into my cell, slaps me as hard as he can, just storms right across. No words spoken. Just slaps me as hard as he can across the face. And I get down into a meditative type of pose and I put my hands up and I say, I don't want to fight. Now, you also, I need to, to also set the stage here is that I've had a lot of Krav Maga and yeah. Taekwondo experience. Like I know right. how to fight. I yeah. know how to defend myself. And I had made the decision when I first got into prison to not to respond to violence with violence. And that, that decision wasn't done made from a place of weakness. It was actually made from a place of internal strength. Right. And so I put my hands up and I say, I don't want to fight. And he goes, get up. And I say, no. The next thing he's jumping down on top of me, choking me out, his hands around my throat. And I black out. And the next thing I know, I come coming to, and I see him over top of me, coming back down, getting ready to punch me, trying to punch me. But I know how to defend myself, so I put up my guard, and he can't get through my guard. So he backs away out of frustration. Now, this whole time, as soon as he had come in, I was already doing the I love you practice to myself. So this whole time, to my own inner self, my own inner child, I'm saying the words, I love you. I love you. I love you silently to myself. I love you. I am loving myself through this fucking scary and violent experience. And finally, as he's backing away out of frustration for not being able to hit me anymore, my intuition says, say it loud enough and say it so that he can hear you. Say it. So I say to him, I love you. And he gets so angry, he picks up this little pastry that was pastry treat that was on my bed and throws it at me. And he goes, this isn't any fucking Buddhist meditation retreat. Wow. And I look him in the eyes and I say, it is for me. Hmm. And this was my defining moment in prison. It was scary. My life you know, I thought my like I thought my, my life was being threatened, and yet I responded to violence with love. Yeah. Wow. That's insane to me. Like, I, yeah, I can't I can't even put myself in those shoes. Like, it's 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 nuts to me to think about that, and it's completely different from what you'd see on like uh tv or movies or things like that it's just it's just crazy to think about that that you can just kind of uh diffuse a situation like that with such like positive feelings and emotions like you just thinking to yourself like well i love myself i love you i love you and then this guy just gets completely diffused i mean he threw a pastry at you but I mean, <laughs> I mean, thank God it was just a pastry, right? I mean, he could have hit you with something else. Like, I mean, he could have, you know, done more damage with his fists, but he threw a pastry at you and said, it's a not, it's not a Buddhist retreat. And that's like, after the other physical stuff, that was like the worst it got. And then did he, did he kind of just leave you alone after that? Were there other, any other altercations with that guy? 
Well, so after that, then we actually ended up starting to talk. I mean, he was so angry, so yelling. He's like, you can't be going around talking to the other races, doing the things, you know, blah, blah, blah. And my response was, I don't want to be a part of a group that treats its members this way. Yeah. And he just went on and on yelling. He was very, very frustrated. And I just sat there calmly. I might have been standing. I don't remember. You know, I, I was just there calmly and just why would I want to, like he was trying to beat me into submission. And, and my response was, why would I want to actually be a part of a group that treats its members this way? And it yeah. just and so, you know, after that, I ended up getting kicked out of the whites. And, and so I was basically independent which brought yeah. up a whole new world of uh, challenges and being right. that. But after this, he avoided me. Hmm. He, um, we, we, we never talk, uh, you know, really after that. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a, for me and looking back and as I've come more clear in the, what the old masculine paradigm is about, and what the new masculine paradigm is about, to me, this was my crucifixion. Mm. This was me um, dying. This was my the, the death of the old masculine paradigm and being rebirthed and reborn into the new masculine paradigm. How do you feel like this prison experience has helped you in your business now? Like, how do you, what's the kind of mental shift for you since prison that has maybe helped you or created new challenges in your profession now? Yeah, I'd say there's there's really two. Uh, so the, the challenge so the the challenge was, or the thing that's has been the one of the things to overcome was, you know, having a, a break of two years and then being in a place of rebuilding. Uh, you know, there, so I, you know, I'm still in this process of of rebuilding, um, and so I would say that amount of time away uh, was probably from business perspective, the biggest challenge that's, you know, I'm still, you know, rebuilding from the gift in all of that was, is that it was a consciousness pressure cooker. Yeah. I mean, I, in, within 19 months, uh, accelerated my consciousness, what could have been lifetimes for some people, um, that I had in a very hyper-focused, uh, period of time. And, and some of the, the biggest, um, things that came from that specifically in relationship to business was prior to this, and this is part of the old masculine paradigm was prior. I was so hard on myself. I was so, I felt so driven and felt, I felt controlled by my drive. And, um, it was like this thing that just kept propelling me and propelling me forward. And on some hand it was great because I was just like, oh, all right, they got this in drive. But, it, it, you know, on, on another perspective, it was controlling me. And because I felt controlled, I felt the only way, like the, the only thing I saw was just to be hard on myself. And I wasn't measuring up to how far I, uh, what I thought I needed to do or what I needed to accomplish or what I should be doing. Like I was hard on myself. And so one of the greatest gifts was in this depth of surrender, um, the this this because I surrendered so deeply, just let go, let go, let go, let let it go, and all these things was and part of that surrender was and what enabled me to surrender was loving myself, loving my yeah. inner self, my inner child so deeply that um, this so now and so when I when I I made the commitment that 
what what I the way that I'm coming back into business, the way that I rebuild business, and also is from a place of of the my most important thing. My number one priority is being kind and loving towards myself. Mm-hmm. And that's probably been the biggest and most amazing shift. And it just feels absolutely incredible living life from this place of being kind and loving towards myself and still putting in and doing all the business stuff and taking action and being powerful and purpose and mission and drive and all of those things. But now as opposed to being a place from a place of being hard on myself, from a place of being kind and loving towards myself. And this is in the work that I'm doing uh, with Wise Profits, which is my other company, which is the, the consulting firm which I had actually has started five years ago. Um, so in, in the work that I do with helping companies scale uh, and grow, uh, I, I have the leaders in the companies. Like, how do, you, how do you grow a company? Starting from a place of self-love, from being kind and loving towards yourself. Right. And then that also then ties into the work with uh, the Evolved Alpha. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. I, I know uh, for a testimonial for the listeners here, I, the, Chris's practice of self-love and telling telling yourself I love you I love you is is an incredible experience I I've tried it out for myself a few times and um, it's something that really grounds you it gets you into this place of um, serenity like you you feel uh, really amazing and incredible by doing this practice and it and it sounds a little bit hokey it sounds like oh like uh, self talk self you know whatever but it has some of that element to it, but for the most part, it, it it's kind of like a meditational thing where you're taking a few moments and you're calming yourself with deep breaths and you're just taking a moment for yourself, but you're also not just doing that. You're not getting the physiology, ele- not just the physiology element to it, but you're also getting that psychological factor of the self-talk, of the um, self-positive affirmation of I love you, um, you know, saying it from that third person perspective and saying like, yeah, I love you as if you're talking to somebody else, but you're saying it to yourself. Like you really feel like you're starting to love who you are. It's becoming a um, habitual practice of giving yourself the permission to love yourself and be open with yourself and, and, and just be a happier person. So um, that's, it's a really great practice. So what, Chris has kind of figured out in one of the worst situations that you could probably possibly be in aside from death. This, this is a very difficult experience and, uh, he, he really pulled himself up out of it just from this simple practice of saying, I love you. I love you. Putting his hand on his heart and taking those few moments to really do this for himself. So, um, Chris, it's, it's awesome, dude. Um, thank you. Chris, you have a few tips for some of those listeners who want to try this practice? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, and so first off, just to kind of remove any other hokiness that might be around it, uh, is it hokey or is it weird to tell somebody else, yeah. I love you? Right. You know, the, the people, your friends, family, lover, uh, saying that, you know, that's not, you know, that's pretty common. But see, we're not taught to love ourselves. We're not taught in our society really how to love ourselves. And in reality, only you can love you in all the unique ways that you actually desire, deserve, and need to be loved. You know, when you're feeling scared, this was one of the practices that I did in prison, I would say to the one who's feeling scared, I love you. 
To the one who's feeling afraid, I love you. To the one who's feeling sad, I love you. See, I needed to love that scared part of myself. Yeah. And in the past, and what everybody else did in prison was put up walls of toughness and, and, and pretend like they weren't afraid or stuff it down. Right. And so that, that those feelings don't leave your body. They're there. They're stuck. Yeah. And so in order to get that energy moving, to get it flowing, this I love you practice enables you to feel safe in your body so that you can feel the emotions that are there to be felt because whatever you're feeling is healing. Yeah. And so as I felt through all of those emotions, it, you know, it was the I love you practice that, that opened all of that up. Mm -hmm. And so some practical tips around this is one, it's important to say the words I love you and not I love me or I love myself. And the reason that is because if you were to say I love me or I love myself, that might feel weird. Yeah. And, and it's because that you're loving who you think you are. You're loving your ego. You're loving your right. identity. Right. Most people have a pretty healthy ego or identity. Like, just like, so sometimes when I'm telling this to people, like, oh, I already love myself. And I'm like, no, 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 that's you love who you think <laughs> yeah, you are. Yeah, and yeah. of course, that's great. I mean, it's great to have a healthy ego and a healthy identity. But what the part of ourselves that we're loving when we say, I love you, is the part that's underneath that. It's our innocence. It's our inner child. It's the, 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 uh, the part that lies underneath our ego, the one that's scared, the, the fact that, you know, it's, it's who the ego and our identity is actually protecting inside. And so it's important. It's, you can also think of it like that there's the parent version of yourself loving your inner child version of yourself. Yeah. Um, or if you wanted to take a little spiritual, you could say you can imagine that you are a, um, a divine master or that your higher self loving your inner self. Mm -hmm. And so that's why you say the words, I love you and not, I love me. Right. And so I would say this is a, a practice that you can do anywhere, anytime you can do is say the words silently or out loud. You can do it while you're driving. You could do it while you're, uh, you can do it while you're talking with somebody or you could do it while you're on the toilet. Like you can do it <laughs> wherever yeah. you want. And I think it's great to do it when you're feeling amazing, maybe part of your meditation practice. And it's also very helpful when you're going through a difficult time and you just need to love you. Yeah, that's great. Um, I appreciate you giving that to them. Um, and I think we'll, with this one quick little thing that I have, we'll be able to segue into the whole EAM concept. But um, it's actually very recently, the last day or two, um, a friend of mine who follows my stuff on Facebook, all my fashion stuff. He commented and tagged me on um, a photo where it was like a side-by-side. -side. Um, you had, uh, I think it was like Cary Grant or something like that. It was like really old school actor wearing something like really dapper or whatever. And then on the right side of it was this really jarring image of a man on the runway of like, it's like some 2017 fashion show. And he's got like a... Um, it's got like this crazy big tweed blazer where the the shoulder padding is super wide and and his he's got this weird like red lace 
like over top underwear coming up over his legs and then on top of the blazer holding the sides of the blazer in at the waist and then he's got like no pants on just that like underwear thing or whatever really high socks like knee high socks and some like really chunky shoes and then to top it all off like his he's wearing some weird sunglasses that are like they're like Oakley's but slimmer profile and it's the most hideous look I've ever seen. But the, uh, <laughs> the the reason why I bring this up, not only to give some some fashion context to this conversation, but also because there was a gentleman, I, I read his comment, and this is an example of the uh, old masculine versus the new masculine paradigm shift, where this guy said... Um, He's like, it's crazy. The world is coming to an end. Men are starting to act like women and women are starting to act like men. This is unbelievable and this shouldn't be happening. <laughs> and it's it's just so interesting to see how people are responding to these things in life um, and, and how they're, some of these people are super old school and how they're thinking, just on a surface level comment, I'm sure there's probably other reasons to why he said that, but... Um, you know, with with the rise of social media and the internet and people saying whatever they want to say without a filter, starts to create very strange dynamics that are interesting to observe. Um, and so, with that little quick story, I kind of want to see you jump in and talk about the old versus new paradigm shifts in masculinity and uh, talk a little bit about the evolved alpha male because that's the reason why you're here on the podcast is to talk about EAM. Yeah. Um, so, Chris, go ahead and jump in and start talking about those paradigm shifts and uh, the evolved alpha male. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, the, the program, it, it really arose from this journey that I went through uh, in my prison experience and having been really just rooted in the old masculine paradigm and then not knowing really what I was going through, uh, but just following my heart, doing this I love you practice and what it opened up for me. And just the, such this now clear distinction that I can see between what I'm calling the old masculine paradigm or, and the new masculine paradigm or the evolved masculine paradigm. And I would say the biggest distinction between the two is it's about control. And the old masculine paradigm really being rooted in control. And so, uh, uh, with the, the need to feel like you have to control uh, outcomes and circumstances and how things are playing out and controlling people and relationships. Also that you can get your way, also that you can get um, things to be the way that you want, and not, I'm not saying that that's wrong, but so that you can um, get the results that you want so that you can feel the way that you want to feel. See, this rooting of control is necessary because the like, control is, is viewed that it's necessary is because the, the old masculine paradigm, the man's success, happiness, love, validation, self-worth is rooted externally. Hmm. And so it would make sense that if you're, and this is what society has taught us, that the way that you get loved and the way that you get validated and, and, and happy, it's all external of yourself, right? Like you want to have that, close that big business deal. You want to make X amount of revenue. You want to uh, have this successful relationship. You want to get the service that you want at a restaurant. 
Like there's all these things that uh, your how you feel is rooted in things that are really ultimately not actually in your control. But you, but the masculine pair, the masculine strives so hard to try to control things, to get things to play out the way that he wants, so that he can really feel the way that he feel that he wants to feel. And so. The shift, the new masculine paradigm, the old masculine paradigm being rooted in control. The new masculine paradigm is rooted in surrender. Yeah. And I know for many men, and this was very scary for me, is like, fuck surrender. Like, <laughs> surrender? Yeah. Like, no, like that's like equated to death. And yes, there is a level of death. That like, this journey of of from the old masculine paradigm to the new masculine paradigm is fucking scary like you want to talk about like so there's this there's this whole idea of fearless uh of and, and to me this is a the fearless whole the whole fearless concept is part of the old masculine paradigm of saying i'm not afraid and that there's no fear and i'm gonna barrel through it and i'm gonna you know just like ah I'm fearless right yeah and it's just it's just it, i it's, i see that as bullshit right because it's not that you're fearless. There's an avoidance of feeling fear. There's an escape of feeling fear. There's a denial or even when fear is present, it's still moving forward, but in a very harsh way. And in the reality, and so th that fear is just not being felt. It's still there. Like it's present, but it's saying, oh, I'm fearless. The reality is, and in the new masculine paradigm, when you get to the place where you feel safe, and this is what I, when I was in prison, like I felt so much fear and I love myself so deeply that I made, ended up making friends with fear. Hmm. I made friends with fear and that when I felt fear, when fear was coming up, I just felt it. And so now when fear comes up, it's, I feel it and I take action anyway. Right. And so this being rooted, the new masculine paradigm being rooted in surrender, this transition, um, it, it is scary. And part of that, the doorway to all of this, the doorway, what opens up this whole transition from being rooted in control to being rooted in surrender is the first step is no longer seeing vulnerability as a source of weakness. Men who see vulnerability as a source of weakness is the biggest thing that's holding you back from everything that you truly desire. Yeah. And when a man can step into a place where he can see vulnerability as a source of strength and embrace vulnerability, then all of these doors, all of the doors, the whole pathway to the new masculine paradigm opens up. Yeah. Yeah, and that's that's interesting because there's so many parallels of of your concept, your your thoughts on the paradigms, um, the parallel between that and you know Lewis Howe's uh, Masks of Masculinity book. Um, it's it's so interesting to see how your idea of it is a little bit different from his, but it's really the same concept. It's the same ideology. And then for the for the listeners who are not familiar with this book, uh, Lewis Howe's famous 
podcaster right now, um, wrote a book called The Masks of Masculinity, and he talks about the stoic mask, the athletic mask, all these different masks that men wear in order to, to be confident, in order to be the person that they feel they want to be, right? It's kind of like what Chris talked about before of um, I love you versus I love myself. It's loving your ego or understanding your ego and uh, being comfortable with your ego instead of being comfortable with who you truly are. Um, and what Lewis talks about in the book is unmasking these concepts of masculinity that you have. Um, different people have different masks. There's the comedian mask, the athletic mask, and the stoic mask, and all those different things. But uh, to, to bring it back around to Chris's concept, it's really about understanding who you are, being true to yourself, and having the vulnerability to really um, love yourself, first of all, but also to have the, the vulnerability to um, accept criticism. Uh, to be able to surrender to those around you, surrender to your own thoughts and ideas, um, and surrender to uh, the best version of yourself, basically. So um, I just wanted to acknowledge that kind of parallel there. Yeah. Yeah, when I say surrender, what I mean by surrender is surrendering into exactly what is. Yeah. Because so often there's a fight against what is. Because the fight against what is, because it may not be what we actually want. Yeah. And so when we can surrender into what is, then that puts us into the most conscious place to interact with what is, to create what it is that we want, or to deal with what is in the highest conscious way. You know, another, uh, so I'll, I'll kind of give you uh, some more of the, the, the distinctions here in the old masculine paradigm. So rooted in control. They, uh, seeing vulnerability as weakness, being hard on oneself. So the old masculine paradigm, there's no, uh, it, it's just you're constantly beating yourself up, you know, tough internal self-talk, um, keep pushing yourself so hard, so hard. And in the new masculine paradigm, you treat that little boy inside of you with kindness and love because our inner selves, well, all that we really want our inner child is to be loved and acknowledged. Yeah. And when we begin to put attention towards that part of ourselves, we awaken a new aspect of ourselves. It gives us access to a whole new dimension of self that then enables us to create a world from an entirely new place. Hmm. How did you kind of, uh, figure out the these differences in the paradigm shifts like how did you were you just kind of simply observing over time did you make it a point to say like let me figure out masculinity like how did how did you how did you kind of like come to this realization that there's such a big fundamental shift between this old version of masculinity and this new version yeah so um i had done prior to my prison experience i had done a lot of personal development work. I had done a lot of spiritual work. And part of that spiritual work was understanding distinctions between the masculine and the feminine. Mm. And so there'd been some great books I had read. There'd been some great workshops that I'd done, but I had never seen what I'm actually talking about presented in any of these things. I had just gotten distinctions 
uh, on, on the masculine and feminine level. And so then as I was going through my journey uh, through prison and, and really just following my intuition and, you know, surrendering and letting go and letting go and then coming, then coming out of prison and really being in this surrendered state and just being like, okay, all right, now I'm surrendered. All right, universe, bring me everything that I desire. Hmm. And nine months later, like not much had changed. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> yeah. What, you know, and then I realized, you know, I had never lived life that way of, of with uh, just being open to receive. And I was like, you know what? It, it's still, <laughs> there's still action. I still got to take right. action. Right. <laughs> 2016, uh, 2017 was really bringing back in the masculine because I'd so deeply surrendered into more of a feminine, into a feminine energy of surrender. And then now bringing back in the masculine, bringing back in purpose, bringing back in um, uh, uh, taking action and bringing forward that into life. And so now the way that I experience it and really uh, what I see is that, you know, part of the new masculine, new masculine paradigm is where one has fully integrated all aspects of the masculine and all aspects of the feminine energies. We're talking about energies here. Yeah. And then one gets to show up and gets to choose the of of you then you have full access to all these different energies. You could go fucking hard and you can step into your masculine and you can be purposeful and you make shit happen and you can do whatever it's gotta be done in the moment. And then you can also step back into a space of surrender and to completely let go and to open up and to be okay with exactly what is. Right. And when you have access to both of those energies in the moment simultaneously, that is the most powerful place to create life from. Yeah. Because you can have a purpose, you can have an intention, you can have a goal, and you can take powerful action into stepping into it. But you're also stepping into it from this place of really realizing that you're not actually in control. And when I say that, I know that my, a lot of people that might, <laughs> might be hard to believe, yeah, yeah. but the reality is anything could happen in any moment. I was on a plane and then I find myself in prison for 19 months. I was not in control of that and there wasn't really anything I could do. I tried everything I could to be out of that. Like I realized really how much out of control I was, even though I thought I was in control. Hmm. You don't know anything could happen. Like there's just there's that could set you off course and and throw you off from where you're headed. And so often we get frustrated when those things are happening, or we then we try to control more, or we get angry, we get frustrated, sad, whatever the emotion is, when when things aren't going the way that we want. But when you can come at it, life creating your life from a place of I am completely surrendered to whatever the outcome is. I'm still setting my course. I'm still heading in the direction of my highest desires, and I'm going to take the necessary actions. I'm going to move forward. There's this just this powerful energy of both sides of the equation that just open up the greatest results from coming forward from whatever you're doing. And not only the greatest results can come forward because then when things don't, because I don't, I, you know. Very rarely have I ever set a plan and created something where it actually played out exactly, right. you know, a business or anything where it's actually played out exactly the way I want. 
And so when you can come to it from a place of, ah, this isn't working out the way that I had planned or wanted to, now what can I choose? How can I re-navigate or readjust or reassociate where you don't feel any resistance or upset to whatever is? Or if you do, and it's okay if you do, but you can be like to the one who feels frustrated, angry, upset, I love you. And you can just love yourself so deeply. And then you take that next action. You're taking action from a much higher place than if you're like, ah, oh, it's not fucking working out the way I want. Let me go do this. Yeah. No, no, no. Let me be hard on myself. No, let me do this. Like, can you, if you can feel the energy in that. Yeah. It makes such a powerful choice, a powerful vibration and how things are actually playing out in your life. And it feels so much better inside. Like, could you imagine creating the life of your greatest desires from a place that actually feels good, where you're kind and loving towards yourself? Yeah. That's what's accessible. That's what the new masculine paradigm, that's what the evolved alpha male paradigm is all about. Right. So for those of you that are tired, that are worn out, that are tired of being hard on yourself, you're burnt out, you're constantly striving. And you know what? Most of the, 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 the evolved alpha has men that have created amazing things in their lives. It's not that you won't create amazing or have not created amazing things, but you've done it from this hard place, being hard on yourself, uh, striving, and there's a different place. There's a different place to create life from, and that's from the heart. It's from fully integrating the masculine and feminine energies. It's from from being able to completely surrender into life and out of that depth of the surrender arises your masculine purpose. And so if you're interested, if somebody is, you're listening to this, if you're interested in making that transition in the journey, and I will tell you, it is not easy. Like I, I know very few men who have fully made that transition because it's scary. It's not easy. There's not a lot of guides and that's what the Evolved Alpha Male is all about. That's the, the book that's coming out, The Evolution of the Alpha Male, which is coming out this year, my book. That's what that's going to be all about is this journey, this roadmap. And so as you've, been, if you've been, as you've been hearing me talk and speak about this, if you're a man and you've created great success but you're tired of doing it from this place of being hard on yourself or you're, you're like you know there's another way to do it, you want more access to your heart, you want to step in, you don't want to avoid feeling your emotions anymore, you want full access to how you feel, man, that's what we're all about and I'd love to have you be a part of this journey of the evolved alpha male because we are changing the world through being the change that we wish to see. And the evolved alpha male is more than just a personal journey for a man. And that's, a, of course, that's like on an individual basis, that's, that's like the fucking incredible to be able to shift into this new masculine paradigm. But as a community, as a group, as a tribe, we are making a difference on this planet. And if you're a man that's interested in being part of a cause, and being part of a movement and being part of something that's bigger than yourself and doing it as you're doing your own internal work where you're supported and loved by other men, other powerful, successful men who are here to also do something, then you can be a part of a tribe where we're actually making a huge and massive impact on this planet. And I invite you, if, that, if this is resonating with you, I invite you to be a part of that journey with me, with Sean, with us. And the evolved alpha male. Yeah.
That's why we got Chris on the show here to talk about that and to de- describe the experience. It's like it's just like a webcam call. You get on you get on the phone with a few guys and we're just sitting around talking about stuff that we that we're dealing with, uh, some problems that are uh, coming up, some issues that we need help resolving, and just talking things out. You know, man to man. Um, and you're getting a lot of other guys in the group who are sharing their experiences with you, and, and you guys are all relating about things that we're all going through together at the same time. And likely there's issues that everyone's going through, so more often than not, your issue is not unique to you. I think there's things that happen between men who uh, it's very common, and it's not something to be fearful of. Um, and even if it is fearful, it's an, it's a safe space. It's an open place where we can talk about these things without, um, fear of, of it being shared with people that we don't want it to be shared with. Um, but ultimately what it does, it helps you be vulnerable so that you can start to, to transition this outside of EAM. So you can start sharing with other people, like how you feel and who you are and really helping you grow as a, as an individual. So, um, that's what EAM uh, evolved alpha male is all about um, real quick Chris I know we're running a little bit low on time here um, can you tell listeners how to get access to this or how to get started with it if it's something they're interested in and then after that I've got one question for you to close up yeah absolutely so uh, we are actually in a pre-launch uh, phase right now uh, as of today is uh, February 13th 2018 and so if you're interested, I'm just going to give you my email directly. Uh, you can email me, and that is chris at chriswise.com. Just email me and say, hey, you heard me on Sean's podcast, and you're interested in learning more about the Evolved Alpha Male, uh, and then I'm happy to share more with you. Cool. And that was chris at chriswise.com. Uh, reach out to him. And like you said, name drop me, Sean Ireton, the Extraordinary Gentleman podcast. Um, and then he'll describe to you what everything's all about, how to get started and what things will look like for you. Um, so to close up, I have one question for you, Chris, and that's that's about your style. So yeah, and your image. So when you think about your image and your style, what story is it telling to the world right now? Yeah, you know, it's a great, it's a great question. And um, uh, to me, what I want to project, what my desire is to project is one of power, is one of being put together, is one of confidence, is one of, I feel amazing about me. And I'm showing up through the reflection of the clothes that I'm wearing in this way and there's still always another level or edge for me in taking into my style and that's why i find like sean what you are doing is so valuable for men is because you have the knowledge and the insight and the eye for because you know it's hard for a man it's been hard for me and i haven't done it myself like i wasn't taught uh by my dad on how to dress well i mean i was taught how to like not look sloppy, yeah. but I wasn't taught <laughs> style. Right. And there's a level to, you know, how you dress and how you show up in the world. It matters. Yeah. It makes a big difference. It makes a big difference in business meetings. It makes a huge difference with women. And so the all the little details and all the stuff, man, it's been 
you know, it's, 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 I've, I read some books in my early 20s, but I'll tell you the things that have made the biggest difference is the stylists that I've right. worked with. And, and Sean, you got style down and you know how to make it happen. So thank <laughs> you for man. what you're doing with men and, and yeah. thank you for your mission. Thank you for having me on your podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Of course, it's a pleasure having you as well. Um, and, uh, you know, I want to acknowledge you for things that you've been doing um, for starting this Evolved Alpha Male group and getting people in and getting them on board. Uh, it sounds, it can sound like it's a cult, but it's not. I can guarantee you Chris is, <laughs> Chris is not going to make you drink any Kool-Aid or anything like that. This is, this is a safe place where guys can talk about their issues without, without um, dire consequence. Um, but it's, I just, yeah, like I said, I want to acknowledge you for the work that you're doing. I think what you're doing is super valuable in helping businesses uh, scale and, and grow and become, you know, profitable. Um, and, um, you know, just for being a great friend, I know you're a great guy that I can bounce ideas off of. You're always there. You're always available to do something like this, the podcast and, you know, giving me your time and doing all that kind of stuff. So I want to yeah. acknowledge you for your, um, and, and express my gratitude for your, um, generosity of your time and all your insights and things like that. So thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. Thank you, Sean. Thank you. Cool. Chris, go ahead and give the people your social media outlets so they can go and follow yep. you and get some more information. Yeah. That's a great place is on Instagram. It's Chris wise 24. It's okay. my Instagram handle. That's a great place to connect. Uh, and then that will give you access to the, uh, all the other social media aspects, but Chris wise 24 on Instagram. And, uh, you can, so you can also just direct message me on there. Uh, if you're interested in learning more about the evolved alpha. Cool. Awesome. Thank you so much, Chris. I appreciate you coming on to the Extraordinary Gentleman podcast. Guys, this is Sean Ayrton, and uh, I appreciate you guys listening in on uh, Chris. This is my first guest on the show, so I want to acknowledge him for that as well. But uh, thank awesome. you for listening, and um, you know, Chris has got some great information for you. So I hope, hopefully you take this info, put it into some action for yourself, and then look into the EAM. So again, Take care, everybody, and uh, make the rest of today extraordinary.